0: Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed Play Love, a bite sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minot. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse, Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families across Sydney and Australia because now you can call in and ask for her help here on Helpline. That would be um, the number if you're watching us live via Facebook, the number is 1800 543 772. You can also put your comments below facebook and ask chris any questions if you're listening to the podcast which is released every monday you can email us at helpline at the parent au, and um, chris will answer all of your questions whether it's about feeding yeah. settling yeah sleeping which is a big one yeah. and behavioral things that might be you have siblings that you're trying to sort out maybe yeah. you're bringing a second baby home that's always oh, a big yeah one. that's a big one uh, if you have twins chris is an <laughs> expert when it comes to multiples and i'm not stopping at twins triplets as well, yeah, we'll have a go at those she does all those <laughs> things so um please get in touch if you have a question right now we have amy on the phone so let's pop our headphones on amy how are you Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you today? Good, thank you. Now, tell us what's happening with your three-year-old, or almost three-year-old, sorry.
1: She is. She's almost three, and um, it's a real sleep issue. We are really struggling to get her to bed at night, with or without daytime sleep. Yep. So, um, she goes to daycare a couple of days a week, but she is transitioning to preschool in May, so there will be no day sleeps. And she's very happy. During the day, even without a sleep,
2: um, that's good. Quite often, happy till 9 o'clock at night. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> not where what the we want. <laughs> yes, her happiness, the length of her happiness. <laughs> yes,
1: and she. So even, um, so even without a daytime sleep, it's really eight thirty before she's starting to be able to wind, to wind down. down enough to be able to put her to bed without the multitudes of screaming and crying
2: oh, right. and things okay. like that. Okay. And what time does she wake up, Amy, in the morning? Well, she generally wakes between 6 and 6.30, depending on the okay. rest of the house.
1: Okay. Um, she will wake once overnight, and we have a seven-year-old and a six-month-old, and we all just oh. need to sleep. So she wakes up oh. calmly during the night, and we we'll just walk into our room, jump into bed, and go straight back to sleep.
2: Okay.
1: we're kind of okay with in a sense because we need to sleep, but it's not helping her
2: sleep in that she stirs
1: when I wake up to feed the baby. But
2: it also might be complicating when she goes to sleep at night because she's she's getting some self-comfort from being in bed with you overnight and so she might be struggling with how do I get that self-comfort when I go to bed at night independently and on my own. Well, not exactly on her own. (laughs) (laughs) No, because you're there.
1: Yeah, I'll sit next to the bed. But, yep. and, you know, by that time, it just takes her, it will only take her a couple of minutes to drop off to sleep. And I actually just sit there with my book, with my little book light and read. It's like, right.
0: I'm oh. glad you've got something to do though, Amy. So <laughs> well, I will
1: have any time possible for me time, <laughs> even if it's 10 minutes with a book like
2: So I think what you have to decide is are you happy continuing doing this in terms of sitting there reading while she goes to sleep and putting herself to sleep and allowing her in your bed overnight. Um, and because we can't fix a little bit, we either yeah. fix all of it or we're happy with where it is. I can see the length of time is an issue because she's, she's sort of up till 8 or 8.30 after, being, after waking at 6, 6.30 in the morning. But is she following your 7-year-old? What time does your 7-year-old go to bed?
1: Oh, no. He's a kid that's always needed a lot of sleep. So he's in bed. We're reading books with him at 6.30. He's in bed oh. at 7 o'clock with a podcast. Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing it on my own because my husband works for himself. And, and his long his- hours. Well, just unreliable hours. You know, oh, okay. If appointments come up, he's got to go and do that. Okay. So, okay. Um, so my theory is if I feed the baby while I'm reading with him, yep. put him to bed, he listens to a podcast and just Brilliant. drifts off to sleep, we don't hear from him till the morning, and then um, I, in between I try and then put the
2: baby down. Yep. So I can
1: give her some books and some one-on-one time. Yep. Um, but it just means that bedtime can go for
2: two hours. Yeah, but that's because you're allowing it to go for two hours. So, well, not intentionally allowing it to go, as any good parent would know. It just happens to go that way. So, in, in effect, you've got a seven-year-old who's sort of in bed and comfortably in bed seven half past seven, but he's yep. independent. He's listening to a podcast. You've got a little tiny baby, um, six-month-old, who's in bed around that seven o'clock mark again. The goal. Yep. Okay, <laughs> that's the goal. Good. So well, that means we can we can sort some of
1: way with <laughs> training give... one afternoon, or you know, school drop off. So baby's going to sleep and then had to wake up to be pulled
2: out of bed to go into the car. Oh get, yeah, that sounds you know, about right. <laughs> but if we can if we can get the seven year old settled, even yeah. listening to a podcast or have a book to read by seven, we've got the little one in bed by seven. There's a little bit of argy bargy there. Yep. What it, what I'm thinking is it might allow us to shorten her bed um bedtime routine so it's loosely um yep. down to about half an hour where we can just concentrate on her. Um and that's what we want because of course she's quite happy to go to bed
1: for me and for me to do it. But when my husband is home and I try and get him to do it yeah, she, wants she won't have physically it physically kick him out of the room yeah, and shut right. the door and scream in her bedroom yeah. on her own yeah. with a lot of um
2: Staying power, yep. rather than have anybody else do it. Yeah, yep. they're quite determined little creatures, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, I think at the moment, I would get her. I would concentrate on you doing it and yep. Dad doing the seven-year-old, or maybe even settling the six-month-old, and <laughs> let's get her into a nice pattern of going to sleep before we introduce Dad as part of that part, yep. a part of that routine. So, I think what I would do is the first thing I would tell a three-year-old is I'd tell them what the changes are prior to doing it. So I wouldn't spring it on her at seven o'clock at night that something's going to change. So I'd okay. be talking to her in the day saying um, that you're going to start a new routine and you're happy to sit with her, but you're not going to be there for hours. So if she's getting up at 6, 6.30, I think if you're starting your wind down around that, just around that seven o'clock window with the view of being out of the room between Um, half past seven and 20 to eight now she might still do a bit of argy-bargy but she would be asleep by eight then I think in the grand scheme of life that's pretty good so um, I would get very concise with what you're doing so pretend we've got the seven-year-old with his his podcast and the six-month-old's been really kind to you and has gone straight off to sleep at (laughs) seven o'clock and now we've got a half hour window to get (laughs) the three-year-old to bed um, then I would, I do the, you know, the, to the toilet, brush the teeth, all that sort of stuff, read the story and then cuddle, kiss and talk time. And then in theory, you should be able to, I would have that all done by 20 past seven. So we haven't actually taken away you sitting in the room, but we've made it much, much earlier so that she can calm down much quicker. So Mm -hmm. we've done all of that. And then you say to her and mummy will sit here for two minutes and you literally sit there for two minutes. So it's not taking that away from her immediately. And then you say, now mummy's going to have a shower or whatever it is that comes up, but I will be back to give you a kiss. So off you go for five to 10 minutes and then you come back, you give her a kiss and then you walk out again. And we're hoping that in that five to 10 minutes, she actually starts to be able to settle herself and fall asleep because she's in that relaxed state. Okay. So that's the rhythm of which I would do it and what I'd be telling her is the bit up until and you'll say to her, So mummy will sit but only for two minutes and then I'm going to leave. Now when you leave you can say, I'll come back and give you a kiss but I wouldn't tell her that in the sequence of the new routine because otherwise she'll say two kisses, three kisses yeah. and you know, she'll drag it back out again. So I think that the coming back for a kiss is the surprise part of it that you're gonna do for her. And I think if we can narrow this behaviour down a little bit and get her into the rhythm of doing it, it's going to be much easier for Dad to come into it. Yeah. And the last one that we try, which we, you will often hear us say on on uh, the radio here, is to give her her own podcast by using Bedtime Explorers, the app on the uh, Kindling radio, and and where she will listen to a little story, but it's it's set up to help them to go to sleep. Yeah, we've started
1: using those Yeah, um, they're great. (laughs)
2: Yeah, so you would put that in when you were leaving after the two minutes. Okay. So you'd stick it in there and then you're literally coming back, weirdly, they take about 10 to 12 minutes, so you'd be coming back to turn that off and then walking out again. But in the meantime, hopefully she's fallen off to sleep. Okay. So and I think bring it forward. walking out of her room and he oh. just keep walking
1: her back in. Yeah, or
2: put a gate on the door. This is a really good one for the smart child is put a baby gate on the door and yep. say that you'll leave it open if she stays in her bed. But if you get off your bed and walk out, then mummy will put you back into bed and you just shut the gate. So you haven't locked her in, but you've stopped her from walking out.
1: Putting her out on the – if you leave your bed, you're going out on the deck. To see. Okay, <laughs> <So> <laughs> well <Maybe> – <that's> not-
2: <laughs> Actually. <laughs> the deck well you know winter's coming so well let's keep her warm <laughs> so i i've had parents do that so don't worry about the deck but it's not quite in the recommendation to put her <laughs> out on the deck but i can imagine there are many moments where you will put her out on that deck in your head <laughs> um, but let's try using the gate would be more appropriate and you literally if she stands at the gate and calls calls out and cries and carries on I just stand on the other side of the gate and I say I can't do anything till you're back in your bed and you stop crying and okay. and they get it pretty quickly within a night you see them scurrying back and getting on their bed go back in
0: give her a kiss and walk back out again all right. Okay. <laughs> and, and obviously, with with three that you're juggling, Amy. Um, completely different see, ages. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. See how you go. And um, call yeah, us this back. might be, yeah, call us back because you Let may find know. you need a little bit of tweaking with yeah. your babies. So um, see how you go and feel free to get back to us.
1: Oh, all right. Well, yes, whole different issue. I'm already worried I'm starting a bad habit of feeding to sleep overnight. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll tackle that one, out one next. Like, wait <laughs> <wave. laughs> (laughs) To to make sure I don't wake everybody else in the bedroom and go, oh, God, that's. First, we have to get
2: everybody out of the bedroom (laughs) that shouldn't be in the bedroom. So we'll just tackle one child at a time, Amy, and we'll have a lovely relationship on the phone.
3: (laughs) All
1: right. No, that sounds wonderful. Thank you very much for your help. No worries. Good luck.
0: Bye. We also have a question from. I think it's due on Facebook. And she's got a nearly six month old. Any tips on transitioning from swaddle to sleep bag for my nearly six month old? He is actively rolling now.
2: So when they are starting to actively roll, you're riding, taking them out of a swaddle and putting them into a sleep bag. And babies will transition that in two different ways. There is the let's just take them out of their swaddle bag, put them in a sleeping bag. It'll take you about three days. It will feel like you've gone six steps backwards because he's got to get used to rolling around in his bed and where he sleeps and finding new positions. So the really good thing about it is that they can roll around in their bed and they're in a nice, safe environment. They're in a sleeping bag in their bed with nothing else. And if he wants to roll on his side or his front and sleep that way, he's now in a safe position to be able to do that. So that rolling around is going to help him find that natural nurturing position for him to sleep in. But it does feel like a couple of steps backwards. So take a deep breath, take his arms out, away you go. You just put him down. You might have to give him little windows of time to settle. You might have to go in and give him a little pat to help him calm down. The alternate way is to remove one arm at a time, so it gets used to the freedom of that arm movement. And you take one arm out, and then about three days later, you take the other arm out. Now, sometimes that has less of an impact for the baby, so they're a little bit calmer, they go back to sleep a little bit easier, but ultimately you'll end up having to take both arms out And they usually just take a little bit of time to adjust to that freedom of their arms moving. So um, either take a deep breath and take the arms out and let himself settle a little bit, then go in and give him a pat. And you can pat him wherever you find him. Like you might find him with his head down, his bottom in the air. You might find him on his side or tucked up in a corner. Try and just settle him where he is and that. But in the long term, he will sleep better.
0: And... um... You were telling me about this when I remember I had this problem with my son. There are sleeping bags that you can
2: take their arms off. off So so most swaddle bags will have a detachable arm on it. Some will have the little pouch and you unzip it. And the others, there's a couple of buttons and you just release the arm out. And then that swaddle becomes uh, sort of their first sleep bag. Mm, Um, Yeah. And they all snuggled up into them. So I would just release one arm, then the other, or take a deep breath over the weekend
0: and just go, that's it, we're going for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let us know how you go. If you have any more questions, you can get back in touch the same way. Uh, Ashley has a 16-week-old. Just wanting some advice on my baby and her sleep. I introduced a dummy at a few weeks old and always have been able to put her down and she will happily, without fuss, drift off to sleep. Lately, the days and some nights, she's waking more frequent, frequently and wanting that dummy put back in, or during the day, just plain refusing to go back to sleep after the 45-minute um, minute sleep cycle. cycle. I have taken the arms off her swaddle sleeping bag as she's beginning to roll, and I think she actually prefers the arms free to rub her face or head. She's only having one feed though the night through the night around 3 a.m. as when she wakes, I don't think she's hungry. Where should I go from here? Will she sleep better without a dummy? Teaching her to put it back in herself or continue to provide her with a dummy to help her get off to sleep peacefully. I want to do what's best for her in the long run, but also want her to be content in the
2: bed. Ashley, I think you're doing a great job. And at 16 weeks, babies are very alert. So they're around four months now. And um, people use lots of words like regression. And, and really what it is, is a baby just becoming more aware of their surroundings and their environments. And they're much more mobile, which is exactly what you've described with your little little one here. And I think what we um, need to do here is free to arms because you've seen her rolling. Um, and that takes a bit of time to... Er- to adjust to and she's in an age stage development where she wakes at 45 minutes right so I wouldn't take the dummy away just yet but I would use the dummy slightly differently in that a dummy or a pacifier is used to calm a baby not to put them to sleep and so she's been doing well you've from what it says here you've managed to put a dummy in you walk away after a few minutes she just drifts off to sleep so we want the dummy to work for you but I think she's becoming more aware of that dummy going in. And obviously at 45 minutes, she she either wants the dummy in or she's just in that alert, aware um, stage. So I'd put her into her sleeping bag. So she's got two new things. She's much more aware and you put in her in a sleeping bag. So they're two big things for her give her a cuddle, pop her down in a bed, dim the room, walk away and give her a chance to settle whether that's a few minutes or a few minutes longer because she's not really crying but at the point where she's crying I'd go in and I would give her a little pat first and if that wasn't working then I'd put the dummy in. So it's not that I'm using the dummy as the first instance I'm using the dummy to help calm her and I think you might get a good balance in that way that you can use it to help her get through these 45 minute cycles or to maybe get her off to sleep um, when she's woken at night while she's adjusting to the sleeping bag then if she adjusts to the sleeping bag and you feel that you're still going a lot going in a lot with the dummy that's when I would take the dummy away. And to do that, I would do the same thing. I'd put her down, I'd walk away, I'd listen to her when she got to an active cry, I'd go back in and give her a pat and calm her down and then walk away again and then help her to self-settle. So I think she's in this middle of this um, sort of adjustment and alertness and an awareness, and it's colliding with her arms out and the dummy. Because usually when their arms come out, they start pulling the dummy out anyway and dropping it. So I think I would use the dummy... To help settle her when she's become unsettled, but I wouldn't give it to her to instigate sleep, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, good luck, Ashley, and let us know how it goes. Give us a call back or email back if you have any more questions. Jessica has a 13 month old daughter who has apparently. Allowed her mother to get her mothering stripes, which I think oh, means, which that she's, means been she's been a bit so, challenging.
2: Yeah. So she was, here we go. She
0: was born five weeks preemie at a whopping four point four kilograms. Oh my Holy lord! Molly. How can you be five weeks preemie and that big? Well, she would have been even bigger five weeks later. Wow. Okay, Jessica. All we can say: is thank goodness she was preemie. <laughs> thank right? goodness
2: for a C-section. Ah, uh, yes, emergency
0: <laughs> C-section. Spent eight weeks in special care, refusing yep, to suck. suck being fed by a naso, naso nasal gastric tube. So that, yep. <laughs> that one. Uh when we finally did get her home on a combination of reflux medication thickener and special bottles, she still oh. never really loved drinking and thus sleep. Aww. Fast forward to today she's a happy, healthy, thriving 13 month old who has hit all her milestones. Brilliant. Yeah. She's in the 90th percentile for weight and height, and you wouldn't know about the slow start in life. We joke she was just waiting for real food. I love that. She probably was. (laughs) Sleep, however, is another issue, I think. Childcare days, up at 7am, 30-minute nap if we're lucky, usually sitting up, sometimes standing. Um, Bed 5 p.m. with a bottle, wakes anywhere between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., has a bottle, and goes back to sleep until 9 to 10 a.m., as I don't work two Uh, days consecutively. Yep. Then up, breakfast, play, lunch, sleep for two hours, dinner, bath, bed at 6 p.m. with a bottle, awake anywhere between 2 and 4 a.m., bottle back to sleep until 7 a.m., and off to childcare to start again. I know I need to axe the bottle. My older daughter was brutal bottle was gone at one cold turkey done i was like that to an extent with the younger with formula and daytime bottles but have kept the bedtime bottle as her big sister still has a cup of warm milk with stories as part of bedtime routine and overnight well that's just because i'm lazy i don't know that (laughs) lazy is the right word yeah i think that's a bit harsh i think you're just trying to survive (laughs) Uh, she holds it herself i literally walk in hand it to her she drinks it (laughs) Chucks it out of her cot and rolls over and goes back to sleep. I'm being the lazy second time mum. I swore I'd never be. Please help me. And that's from Jessica. Okay.
2: So from these two things, she's having two bottles. But the main thing I take away from this is every day her sleep is very different. So she's got a daycare routine and she goes to bed extremely early at five, five o'clock. Was bed at five o'clock with a bottle. And then on the days where she's at home with mum, she sleeps later and goes to bed even later. And that sometimes can be a very confusing set of behaviours. So I think the first thing I would do is regulate her sleep because if we regulate her sleep, it will probably drop that wake up that she's doing overnight. So that's one part. The other part is the bottle because now she's used to you throwing a bottle at her. (laughs) (laughs) and her throwing it back again when she's finished. I
0: love that vision, don't you? Yeah, it is. Here's your bottle,
2: go to sleep. Um, Because usually at this age, at 13 months, I would still have babies on two to three bottles. So she could actually be really hungry in the middle of the night for that bottle. So I would hopefully, and I think you probably are, giving her milk after lunch and after her breakfast to make up for the milk that we're sort of going to take away at night. So she could be really thirsty um, at night and that's why she's sucking the bottle and turning over and going to sleep. So she's not sucking the bottle and then getting up and complaining for another half an hour. She's actually just drinking it, rolling over and going to sleep. So I think if I made sure she was getting enough milk in the day, so that one bottle in the evening and maybe like 50 mils after each of her meals, then I'd feel better about taking the bottle away at night, okay? Okay. So have a think about that little bit. And then the other thing is I would regulate her day because she has very different days. And a 13-month-old getting up, generally at 7 a.m., I think, from this, I would be giving her a sleep around maybe 1 o'clock till 2.30, and then I'd be putting her down at about 7.30 at night. And I have a feeling when you regulate her sleep, she won't wake up overnight because she's going to bed very early for her age group so I know it only says that she has a 30-minute nap um, on the daycare days. Um, must be a very busy daycare for her to have a 30-minute nap. On those days, I'd have her in bed at 6.30. So that little difference in the time timeframe, um, and daycare might be putting her down early because she gets up at 7.30. So I, I would think at 13 months, they would be putting her down and maybe getting her to sleep between one and two. And then you could put her down anywhere between 6.30 and 7.30, depending on how much sleep she had. And that would be very similar to what you would do with her on your days at home, where you would wake her up at 7, you put her down at 1, she could probably go to 2.30, and then you put her down at 7.30. But I have a feeling from this, if you regulate her days, her night wake-up will disappear. All right.
0: Very entertaining message, by the way, Jessica. (laughs) Sorry to laugh. I'm sure there's a whole lot of mums empathising and (laughs) sympathising with you. Uh, Yes. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Sometimes parenting can be challenging and sometimes it can be a downright laugh. What we're really talking about is your son thinks babies are made through hugging. You have to rectify this problem. Because now every time he hugs you, he's like, are you pregnant or
3: am I pregnant?
0: I'm Siobhan Hunt and The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast I host where we invite a mum and a dad to discuss the events and stories of the week. The Parent Panel, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Okay, this is a question from the text line with Dee, who has a two-year-old. Yep. Uh, my two-year-old needs me in the room to go to You're sleep. Sweet. I sit near the door and shh
2: about my, trishing, yeah, it's my good.
0: <laughs> or hum lullabies, though I'm trying to leave for very brief periods of time, 10 seconds, maybe a minute or two. In the morning, she wakes around 7am and has her nap around 1pm for 60 to 90 minutes. Good. She goes to sleep fairly quickly, within 5 to 15 minutes, and I usually wake her around 2.15, 2.30. Yep. At night, I like her to go to sleep by 7, 7.30, but yep. lately she's taking longer and longer to go to sleep at night, up to 50 minutes and sleeping around 8 p.m. Should I be sending her to bed later, earlier? Just not sure what I should be doing differently, so she's going to sleep quicker at night. And also, how can I help her sleep more independently so I'm not needed in the room? She also wakes overnight once or twice at random times, and it takes me anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes to get her back to sleep. This may be teething, though. Any help appreciated. it.
2: Okay. So it must be the day of the two-year-olds. I've been with them all day today. Um, and all have the same shushing problem. Right. So lots of parents, you'll be glad to know, are sitting and shushing and humming. Mm-hmm. And basically, we just need to stop doing that. We're actually, we're actually enabling her to understand that we're going to be there when she wakes up. So the first thing I would do is, she must be just two, I think. Because if... If she's sleeping for you in the day and she's sleeping at a, a fairly good, you know, she's sleeping about an hour and a half, then they need to be awake for five and a half hours from that point. So from two thirty, she needs to. She wouldn't be tired until about eight o'clock. So that might explain why it seems that she's pushing it out. So it's either a sign that she's ready to decrease her day sleep or a sign that you might need to just take that into account when putting her to bed. Instead of putting her to bed between 7 and 7.30, while she's sleeping till 2.30 in the afternoon, you'll need to put her to bed more like at 8. Now what that might do is shorten the time that it takes to get her to sleep, and then we can turn around the behaviour around it. If you don't want her to go to bed at 8, and you want her to go to bed between 7 and 7.30, we're going to have to shorten the day sleep down to about an hour, and she'll need to be up by two two o'clock in the afternoon to go down easily by 7.30 in the afternoon. So I know that's a little bit technical, but it's the five and a half hours that we're looking at. So she's either up by two to go down at 7.30, or if you let her sleep till 2.30, she's not going to go down till eight. Okay. Once we regulate that, then we can fix the behavior. So to fix the behavior, the first thing I do is spend the next few nights just sitting there as you have, but not shushing and not doing the lullaby hum. And the reason for that is that if you keep doing that, that's what she's going to look, look for when she wakes up. So the first thing for the next couple of nights, I'm looking at regulating her day sleep and I'm just going to sit there and be present, but I'm not going to talk and I'm not going to make a noise because that then allows her to go off to sleep without that background sound as part of her um, comfort for going to sleep. Then once I do that, I then tell her I'm not going to sit on the chair anymore. I will stand at the door for a minute and then I'll come and give you a kiss goodnight and then leave. And then after a few days, then I'd say to her, you need to lay down and mummy will come back in a few minutes to give you a kiss. And I just extend the time and hopefully she'll fall asleep on her own. And therefore, when she wakes at night, she can go back to sleep on her own. So it's quite a scripted way of doing it because there's a couple of things that are happening here. But if you take the time to write it down and then just do each step slowly, I'm sure this will resolve itself.
0: Okay, brilliant. Look, we've got time for one last question, and this one comes from Fiona on the phone. Um, it's about her 15-month-old and separation anxiety. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hi, good.
3: How are you? Hi, Chris.
2: Hi, how are you?
3: Good. I have a little one who's just started daycare, yep. and he's 15 months, and I've gone through the steps, you know, the first week, and yep. he only goes one day a week. Yeah. So the first week we did a little one and yes. he lost his, lost it when I left. Fair enough, oh, yeah. that's fine. Second day, second week we did it a bit longer and yeah. again lost it when I got there. Just totally hysterical. Couldn't eat. Only had oh. half an hour nap. Oh, wow. Fine. Today we're there and um, this is going to be his long day. Well, I think who knows <laughs> when I get the call or not. <laughs> um, lost it this morning. Like even knew when I got to the room he started getting a bit. Antsy. Antsy. Yeah. And went crazy. Um, obviously, first time mum, called the childcare four times already. <laughs> um, and they're like, look, he's a little bit, but he's, you know, he has settled. He's playing a bit, but he's not eating. And my okay. little one, if you know him, well, you don't know him, but I'm yeah. just saying, is a big eater. We'll yeah, eat. He's 15 he's months everything.
2: old.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just really worried that this is going to interrupt his sleep at night and like give him some... He's- He's definitely
2: um, a little bit stressed about going to daycare and one of the the reasons is, well, there's two reasons, but one of the reasons is he's only doing it once a week so he doesn't have enough repetitive behaviour to learn it and form an attachment to someone at the daycare. So, for instance, if you only do it one day a week, you could be handing him to a different person each time because of the changes in the staff roster. Yeah, no, they're normally pretty good there. They've always got the same three ladies on. Yeah, the same three. Yeah. We need the same one. One. So I think for the next few weeks I'd be handed him over to the same person. Okay. Okay. Not to one of the three because he hasn't been there for long enough to to attach to all three of them. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to pick one, you know, talk to the director and say, is Mary going to be on for the next six weeks in the morning? Yep. And you're going to hand him over to Mary. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that'll help him attach to one because he's only going for one day. Now, the second part of it is by the nature of daycare and by the nature of having to leave a child at daycare, it's sort Mm. of the drop and run because you're running to go to work in the long term. Yes. And what he needs is a bit more time there to adjust. So what okay. I would be – my suggestion would be as long as he's calming down within the time that they've got him, he will start eating long term. So make sure you give him a good breakfast before I he try goes. to. Yeah, I try to. And his favourite snacks in his snack box that they could feed him instead of trying yep. to give oh. their food to him. Yep. And then the next thing I'd do if he can is I would go 15 or 20 minutes early and yep. I would literally go in – and I would sit in the middle of the floor and yep. I would start playing and let playing with even the other kids and let him come back to you and leave again. So right, okay. he does that when we go to playgroup. Yeah, that's like right.
3: That. He like I'm
2: there, obviously. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, then come he comes back, back, back to me. Yeah. yeah, and
3: then he goes off. And yeah. then he'll come back and look for me. Yep. And
2: I think he needs a little bit more of that at the beginning and at the okay. end when you pick oh, him up. Okay.
3: So when I pick him up, yes, you,
2: you don't pick him up with your bags fly. in your hands. You pick yep. him up. You just go in and sit on the floor because I okay. think he's. Well, one, he's finding it hard as a one day. Yeah. Two, he's finding it hard because he doesn't know anyone, you know, he isn't there. attached to anyone. Yeah. And the third one is the transitioning from drop off and pick up is too quick for him, just okay. at the moment, just at the yeah, moment. Okay. But
0: All it right. does
2: take six weeks. So, and it literally oh.
0: takes six weeks. And it's, oh, it's really tough on mum. Like, so if awful. Awful. Uh, I hate it is. If I can recommend, there's an article. Sorry to speak over you, Chris. There's yeah. an article on the Babyology web- website this yeah. week by a mum who's written about dropping off her three-year-old which I know is a little Mm. bit older but it's just brilliantly written in and I think it'll make you feel a lot better if you read it in terms of that um the experience of drop off for a mum yeah, and how she has kind of her. trying yeah. to come to terms with it, and if just yeah. go to the babyology website and look it up because I think you'll enjoy And I,
2: th- it. I think at this point it's about him too. We've got to put him in the picture here. Yeah, and, and I it's, feel like I'm worried that it might scar him. Like it. Might... Yeah, that's right. Well, it won't scar him. He won't. Okay, trust okay. It won't me, won't scar him. Like it might. It won't scar him me. at okay, all. Good. And okay, I think the good. thing that you're looking for from the daycare is for them to say to you, well, now he only cries for five minutes and then he has a happy day, but he still won't eat. Yes. Then we yes. know he's doing well. So okay. I have a, a client and her little, she has to pack his lunch and this is three years later. So he's right. just not going to eat with those kids but yeah. at 15 months I think it just is this is just a time thing.
3: Okay. All and right. and if
2: we slow it down for him and we spend more time right. with him with him there. Yeah, yep. it's not going to decrease the cry when you leave. Mm-hmm. But what it will do is help him make that transition and the transition would be slower.
3: And what about the sleep? Like I noticed last they week. They always have their sleep. Okay, I so. know, but when I got home, I noticed last week he was very clingy yep. to me when we got yep. home. And then that night he woke up sort of yep. know, a few hours later screaming. Yeah. And he's never done that. He's always yeah, been really right. hyper, and I'm like, oh no, have I ruined this whole sleep thing? No, look, I, it, it, he's boy. just a,
2: Remember, he's just adjusting. So when you get him home, it's about putting yep. phones down and bags down, yep. and cuddle time and play time and reassurance, and not over the top either. Not not okay. my whole world now revolves around you, but yep. l- much more slower transitions. Like yeah, a little bit more time, a little bit more play in the bath, yep. blowing bubbles in the bath, <laughs> um, sitting with him for dinner and not walking around the house for for dinner. Oh, okay, yep. A little bit more of a cuddle before he goes down an extra book. And then yep. when he wakes up in the middle of the night, a little bit of reassurance, yeah, and then so putting him, just him went back down. You know, gave him a bit of a cuddle, and then he went back down. and he was Yeah, crying. that's right. Right. I think but it's, I just thought, oh, yeah. God, I think what it's, have I done? No, no, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. There's thousands yeah. of them going to daycare. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah.
3: Thank you so, so much. So Give Christa. it a so we'll, go, and we'll try and
2: slow it down, and just
3: yeah, you know get just, there and play with him for a bit, and then yeah. have a go. And yeah. it doesn't
2: matter who picks him up or drops him off. We're going to do the same thing. All right. Okay. Well. Okay. Me that does pick up and drop off. So that works yeah, well,
3: that works so well. Yeah. That's fine. Perfect. All Perfect. right. Thank you Good so luck. much, Chris. Good thank luck. you. Thank Bye, you. Fiona.
0: Bye. 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 That's all we have time for on Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching us live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you for all your questions. If you've been listening to us via the podcast but would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time on the Babyology Facebook page. Just search for Babyology on Facebook and we'll be there. You can write your questions in the comment section or call on our Helpline hotline, which is one eight hundred five four 543 772 Chris, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at How do you explain the internet to small children? Through a picture book, of course. I wanted to have something
1: that was a mixture of uh, fun and dangerousness, if you like. I wanted to have something that, um, you know, I knew was uh, could be attractive
0: to, to young people, but also would probably be something that, that parents might tell them, you know, be careful. The book is called The Internet is Like a Puddle, and that was author Shona Innes. Shona is also a clinical psychologist and has a lot of insight into how our children can understand the internet and why it's important we explain it. Join us for that on the next episode of Feef Play Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.